0: The scripture reading for today is found in the New Testament Gospel of Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 48. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Just then there came a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house for he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years, and though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Brothers and sisters, it's a pleasure for me to be here this morning. First of all, I would like to say thank you to the pastor and to the board of director of this church because they are sharing the puppet with me. And also, I would like to say thank you to my wife who is with me, some of the board members, and some of uh, our friends who have been to Haiti, Keo, Felicia, Fred and others thank you so much and all the congregation thank you for being here this morning and the service and also thank you for your service in Fort Liberty. let us pray for the word of God Heavenly Father this morning here we are in your presence as your church we are here to listen to your word please use your servant and bless your people in Jesus' name we pray, amen. The title of our message this morning is, Go in Peace. Brothers and sisters, since the night of times, man has been looked for peace. But a lot of things can steal people's peace. Peace. We can mention for you the death of a dear family members, sickness, natural disaster. I can recall as Haitian, when I'm in Haiti, I saw people who don't have peace because they have lack of basic needs, healthcare, clean water, sanitation, and food. When I came to the U.S., I also seen folks have basic needs, but still looking for peace to drugs, sex, alcohol. The world is upside down. Countries are looking for peace to the United Nations, but still no peace. Now, the question this morning, who can give peace then? Where can we find that peace? The Bible tells us that Jesus is the prince of peace. But still, people are confused. They are asking, who is Jesus? What was his mission? And folks in the first century, they were asking a lot of questions regarding that man named Jesus. And Jesus himself, in order for him to clarify all those misunderstandings, all those confusions regarding his personality. One day, he was at the region of Caesarea Philippi. That's when he asked a question with two parts to his disciples. Who do they say I am? And the disciple they reply, Some said you are John the Baptist, others say you are Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, as always, replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Yes. The disciples, they were right. Like John the Baptist, Jesus was a great preacher. Like Elijah, Jesus has done a lot of miracles. Like Jeremiah, he has wept over the city of Jerusalem. Like the other prophet, he speaks or he spoke against injustice and discrimination. But let me tell you this morning, he was more than that. Peter, said, you are the Messiah, Mashiach, and Hebrew, Christos, and Greek. Now, we have the clarification regarding the personality of Jesus. Now, let's see about his mission. What was his mission? The same way people had a lot of confusion regarding his personality, people have confusion regarding his mission. In the first century, a lot of folks they said the mission of Jesus was social. Some said it was spiritual. Others said it was political, and others said it was religious. Now, in some sense, we can say social because Jesus spoke against inequality between rich and poor, between men and women. Political because. Jesus spoke against the brutality of the women, against the Jews. Economical, because he invited his disciples to be good stewards. Spiritual, because he took folks under the burden of the law and put them under the grace. Religious, because he spoke against the establishment who was trying to divide people by race by class, by age, and by gender. Yes, there were social, spiritual, political, and economic aspects of his mission. But his mission was more than that. Jesus, in his own way, was trying to define his mission by giving a new meaning and a new understanding to things. Jesus brought a new message. He gives a new meaning to theology, armostology, soteriology. He presents a new vision for the world. And that's what we have in the passage this morning. Actually, Luke explained to us the story of that woman. The Bible says that woman, she hasn't, Issue of blood for 12 years. I am not a woman. I can't sympathize nor empathize in that sense. But I have a wife and I have sisters. I can tell you for three or five days, I heard they are complaining. (laughs) See that woman, she had that bleeding for 12 long years. Whatever the source of her bleeding was, it was a hard, harsh condition for her. And see, the sickness or the illness of that woman has a lot of impact on her. She has discomfort, and that has damaged her. Because under the law, this woman was to be considered as unclean. Physically, she was suffering. Emotionally, she has been put outside of society. Economically, she has spent all of her money. This woman' problem was not only she was sick. She was not only sick, but she was impoverished. She did not have anywhere to go. See... Like that woman, many people in our society, they have lost drugs, alcohol, prostitutions. Now, remember, believers, that woman, she has contacted all the doctors of her time But there was nothing they could do for her. The question this morning, what do you do when you have a problem when nobody seems to have the answer? What do you do when everybody in the scientific community tells you there is no hope? What do you do when you can't even go to church to look for support? What do you do? When people who were supposed to be with you turns against you, what do you do? When society is treating you like you do not exist, what do you do? When you are looking for help, for support, and you can't find it, then you go to someone who has the power. This morning, I want you to know that Jesus is greater than your cancer. He is greater than your circumstances. He is all-powerful, meaning he is greater than your problem. He is all-knowing, meaning he knows all of your problem. He is omnipotent, meaning he is with you in the midst of your trials and problems in life. That woman no hope, no help wondering, what should I do? The woman has been treated by the religious establishment like nobody. She has been treated by her friends like nobody. She has been treated by society as a whole like nobody. In fact, even within a voice telling her, you are nobody. Now see, that woman Heard about the Messiah. He heard about the Savior, Jesus. And like the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes from the Word of God. The woman, she was looking for that man. When everybody turns against you, when you have nowhere to go, this morning, I am telling you, Jesus is there. He is always available sometimes folks will tell you call me anytime come to me when you need and when you try to talk to them when you try to call them they are not available but understand they have their own problems sometimes they don't have the power but this morning i'm inviting you no matter what you are facing jesus will always there you just only need to call him and let him know what you are facing By faith, the woman said, I have tried everything. See, sometimes if you have money, you may continue to try, but that woman, no more money. She has spent everything she owns. Now, how to meet that man They called Jesus. Most of the time when Jesus traveled, a lot of people followed him for food because he was a great preacher. People want to listen to him. They want to see him. They were looking for miracle. Now, that poor woman, hopeless, faithless in some sense, she want to try for the last time And she said to herself, if only I can touch the fringe of her garment, of his garment, I should say, I will be healed. When I was younger, when I saw people walking and talking to themselves, I thought they were crazy. But now as a pastor, when I am dealing with folks and counseling and grieving and myself when i am facing tough times in life so you talk to yourself and not just because you are talking to yourself but you are talking to god because sometimes you are facing things you can't explain those to people because people will not understand nor they will not have the answer How? To meet Jesus the woman she will have to break a lot of barriers you are unclean you are not supposed to be close to the Messiah nor to the rabbi how and that woman she will overcome all those obstacles in order to meet Jesus you and I in life Whenever we want to meet Jesus, we have to overcome all the obstacles, friends, family members, people, ourselves. We have to overcome all this in order to reach our Messiah. He's the only one who can understand us when no one else can. That exactly that woman she's going to do. She went to the crowd, she sneaked and she was able to touch exactly the garment of Jesus cloth. The Bible said, immediately the blood stop. For 12 years, false promise, Spending money, you suffered. Now, in a second, you touch the garment, and here you are. You are healed. I can't imagine the joy, the peace, the comfort, the security coming to the heart of that woman. Now, she's healed. She's trying to sneak back, go home. Jesus, who is omniscient, he knew what had happened because the power he had on him, he felt something had happened. And sometimes we sing, there is power in the name of Jesus. The reaction of Jesus. Jesus asking a question Who touched me? Come on, Jesus. Huh? Seriously? Thousands of people followed you people being close to you and you are asking who taught you? As I said earlier, Peter, as always, said, oh, Master, please. Seriously? You are asking who taught you? But see, sometimes You and I, there are a lot of things we can't see. There are a lot of things we don't know. Maybe this morning you are asking yourself, why Jesus asked that question? If you are omniscient, you know already, why are you asking, who touched me? In my opinion this morning, I do think that Jesus asked that question because Jesus wants the woman to know the power is not in the garment of my clothing. Because sometimes folks might be suspicious. Jesus wants that woman to know the power is me, the Messiah. I also think that Jesus asked the question, who touched me to restore that woman in front of everybody. That woman who was considered like nobody, now Jesus said, somebody. I don't know if your friends, people in society, family members, they consider you like nobody. But this morning, I am telling you, Jesus knows you like somebody. And that's exactly what Jesus wants to do when she asks, who touched me? Jesus wants to restore that woman in front of everybody. Jesus wants to give that woman value in front of everybody. And most importantly, Jesus wants to take that story to a next level. He want Jesus wants the woman to share her testimony so that other people will learn about her story. And that's why today you and I, we have that story. The woman get caught. There's nothing she can do. And she confessed to Jesus exactly what happened. A woman who didn't have any attention, a woman people didn't even know, now she's in the center of a great story. That's what Jesus can do for you and I. A woman, name somebody. If you read the story, You will see the woman was not known by her name, but she has been known by her circumstance. They call the story the woman with the issue of the blood. We don't know her name, meaning she is nameless. And that is why Jesus wants to give her a name in society. Most importantly, Jesus wants to complete the process of the story and that's where I have to go back to the beginning of the message. What is Jesus' mission? Yes, physically the woman was healed. Mentally, she was healed. And now spiritually, You have to see how Jesus replied to her. Jesus gave her a word of confirmation. Jesus called her daughter. Anywhere in the Bible where Jesus called someone daughter, meaning we have a close relationship jesus not only give her a word of confirmation but a word of compassion jesus tells her go and peace when we look in john chapter 14 verse 27 jesus said i give you my peace he's trying to contrast his peace with the peace the world offers. The, word, the peace Jesus offered is not like the peace of the world. The world's peace is worthless, passing, fake. But the peace Jesus offers is priceless. It's total, perfect, and true. When you have peace with God through the blood of Jesus, you have the peace of God. When we are looking in society, when people are facing tough times, sometimes they have to take drugs, alcohol, whatever they find. But you and I, whatever we are going through, we go to Jesus and we tell him exactly how we feel. The world is broken. People are suffering. This morning, if we were asking what was Jesus' mission, the questions I want to ask you at the end of my message, what is the church mission? And like in Jesus' time, where people were confused about Jesus' mission, today in our time, people are confused about the mission of the church. Some folks think that the mission of the church should be social. Others think it should be political. All kinds of answers regarding the mission of the church. But this morning, I have to tell you, though, Like Jesus, our mission should not be only social, political, economical, but our mission should be holistic, where when we see people, we don't see them only with the body, with the mind, with the soul, but we saw them completely. It is true in general, the mission of the church, it's go he. Matthew chapter 28, also Matthew Matthew chapter 22, love the Lord and your neighbor th- as thyself. But this morning, if I want to put that message in my context and our context in your context, I would say our mission is exactly what I am going to tell you. When Jerry King and Dr. Weaver went to Haiti Build that church for the people of Fort Liberté, that's the mission of the church. When right now in Haiti, all the government hospitals, they are closed. When people have nowhere to go, when government doesn't care, when you send money so that our clinic will be available for people, that's exactly the mission of the church. When in a country like Haiti, where people don't have clean water, when the government cannot provide clean water to people, when you drill well in the community for the people, that's exactly what Jesus wants you to do. That's the mission of the church. In a country like Haiti, where they call us right now fourth world country, where people don't have access to food, when we have the farm, we grow crops in order to feed the community. That exactly the mission of the church. When we have orphans who don't have parents, they were homeless, we shelter them. Yes, that exactly the mission of the church. When we have folks who are elderly, they don't have anybody to take care of them. And we shelter them and we feed them. That's exactly the mission. Of the church when we have a program with 500 kids every month they are receiving thirty dollars to pay tuition and also to take part of that money to eat that's exactly the mission of the church when we have a program we call feed my lame in our school some of those kids they don't find food the only meal they will have when they go to school that's exactly the mission of of the church. When you look in Fort Liberté, where after the government, we have about 80 people who have been employed in our ministry, we are receiving paycheck every month. That's exactly the mission of the church. When you are helping building outpost churches in the village, that exactly the mission of the church. When you empower the church in Fort Liberté, when we go to the village and teach the people how to read and write, that's exactly the mission of the church. When you pay for tuition for folks to go to school, they become agronomists and they have projects where we give trees to people to go and plant that exactly the mission of the church. This morning, I would like to tell you that no matter what you are going through or you have been through, Jesus has the answer. What he has done for this woman, he can do it for you because He doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What he has done then, he can do it now. Whatever your problem is, physical, spiritual, emotional, Jesus has the answer. When we look in our world today, people have been suffered. You and I, we have a great responsibility. Let's go and preach the gospel of the good news, the gospel of peace. Let us reach out to those who are suffering all kinds of things so that they can look for hope and comfort to Jesus, our Savior. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, here again we are coming to your presence. We are saying thank you for Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who came and died on the cross so that we were able to be reconciled with you. And because of that reconciliation, we have peace now. No matter what we have been through in life, we know you are in control. Please give us the light, the power to overcome things in life. And also lead us so that we will help others to see the light so that they can come to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Dostis, for your, your word of hope and challenge. Thank you very much.